Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Future Template Parent Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant and mom of three daughters. Today, we'll be talking about how I started integrating intensive EMDR into my practice and how current and new clients responded to this change. In the first episode of this podcast, go back and listen if you haven't had the chance yet. I talk about my own journey to starting to offer EMDR, getting trained in EMDR, and then starting to offer intensives and why that was such an important transformation for me in my practice. In this episode, I'm going to talk in detail about how to present intensives to clients, both to new clients and current clients. I'll talk about some of the common questions that come up in presenting this model to both new and current clients and give a couple of composite case examples, no identifying information. Of course, I take my client's confidentiality so seriously, and I would never reveal anyone. So these are some composites of a variety of issues I've seen over time. Composites of like intensives that were productive and where people saw good progress. So I'm going to start with talking about current clients and how to introduce the models of current clients. This actually felt harder to me, actually, Um, You know, we had an established relationship. Some of my clients I've been working with for, you know, a few years, a couple years. You know, I got EMDR trained in 2020. So a lot of these clients were like my EMDR guinea pigs. You know, I tried EMDR on them first because we had a relationship. You know, they trusted me. We had um, some safety. So they actually kind of let me learn on them, which was a huge privilege um, and an honor for me to to experience that with them. So I was I will always be grateful to them for that. And they were also, you know, willing to let me try to present another new thing, moving from a 50-minute hour, kind of that traditional therapy model, to something called an intensive. But, you know, that did still feel still feel hard. Like I felt like, you know, some of my clients, and this probably was my own projections, of course, my own fears and anxieties about this trying this new thing, but you know, it felt real. Um, I felt like clients had certain expectations of what our work was like, and I felt like we had maybe some sort of unwritten contract about what therapy was supposed to be like. I mean, of course, as all good ethical therapists do, I have intake paperwork in which I am very clear about, you know, the uh, ramification, legal, you know, legal guidelines around the work that we do and all those things. But it's almost like there was more stuff that we had never put into words with that felt like was true about the relationship. And I don't know if some of you resonate with that idea, kind of like therapy is supposed to be for an hour. It's supposed to be every week. It's supposed to go on for who knows how long. Am I supposed to be available to you forever? You know, sometimes it could feel like that. And it was going to be a combo of like supportive talking and like venting and some processing. But, you know, it certainly could be, let me come in and just tell you about the fight that I had with my friend on the way here, which maybe wasn't aligned with the treatment goals that we had set out. So it did kind of feel like there was almost like learned helplessness on both sides. I kind of hate that phrase, but we both had settled into these roles that were like, this is what it means to be in therapy, even quote EMDR therapy. And it's funny, in some ways, I feel like EMDR intensive therapy is closer to what EMDR was intended to be actually. But I digress (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) But I did feel like treatment planning was getting kind of like fuzzy at times. Like, Goals were sort of nebulous or like getting totally lost. And, you know, as a recovering people pleaser over here, like many of us therapists are, rocking the boat felt hard. You know, change is scary. Doing anything 
different that was outside of our comfort zone felt scary. But like, really, what am I trying to model to my clients, right? I'm trying to show them that change is possible, that it's important that we take care of ourselves. And for me, as I discussed in the first episode, I needed to make the shift to EMDR intensives to take care of myself. I needed to have a more flexible schedule. I needed to be seeing fewer hourly clients every week. And I needed to feel less like bound to the schedule week after week after week. And I also wanted to see more results and all those things I knew were possible with intensives. And I needed to do those things to take care of myself, to keep myself from burning out, to see those results and feel really good about my clinical work. I think feeling good about the work we're doing is so essential for burnout prevention. So I know, you know, I needed to model to my clients, this is what's best for me and for my family. And so this is what I'm going to do in my business. So, you know, we can get into these kind of, dare I say it, almost codependent relationships with clients where we're like, I don't want to rock the boat. This is how things are supposed to be. Our job as the therapist is to model healthy relating, right, in, in, a, in a relationship. And this is what I needed to do to model that for my clients. You know, I really had to remember my why for making this change and remember that, like, my why was going to make me a better therapist get them better results, become a better clinician and parent by being more present for my family, having more flexibility in my schedule, being able to take my daughter who had a lot of, um, still does have a lot of appointments every single week. I needed to be able to take her to them. I needed to be able to pick her up from school if something um, happened and that was, and that was necessary. You know, my, I talked in the first episode about my neurodivergent six-year-old in kindergarten and how she isn't potty trained yet and how it's we think that she's going to you know officially get an autism diagnosis it's not quite there yet but we're working through the process and you know I needed to be able to be there for her and to have more flexibility in my schedule for when she needed me and intensives were going to give me that freedom so you know the why remembering my why helped ground me in what I was telling my clients And of course, you know, I'm always conscious about self-disclosure as we all are. I certainly didn't want them to feel the burden of what was going on in my family. But I did say to clients, you know, like I'm going through some changes, you know, in the needs of my family. And so I need to be instituting this new model to give me some more flexibility. And people totally respected that. And, you know, I think it gives my clients freedom to speak up about changes that they need in the relationship or in their own lives when they see me doing it. So I do think it's an important kind of modeling where it's, it's, it's empowering. We're empowering when we do the things that are right for us and we share that with our clients, it empowers them to recognize that they can do something different if it's what they need to do. And then I also told my clients about why it was good for them, right? They would have more flexibility. They wouldn't have to come in every week. There would be more focus on them, more intention, more like really, really laser focusing on the treatment plan, which could get kind of out of focus when we were seeing each other every week for an hour. Um, And also they were going to get faster results. We were going to get more processing done. We were really going to hone in on the EMDR part of our relationship and get more processing done in less time. You know, more ability with that longer time for us to really drop into the work, kind of drop into our bodies, be more present, be more connected to, you know, their own process. I mean, EMDR is really dropping into your subconscious. And when there's a sense that the clock is ticking, it's very hard to drop into your subconscious, right? And I had some clients, and you guys can probably identify with this, 
for whom it took longer to get to a place where they felt like they could just relax enough to really, really go deep. And these longer sessions made them feel like maybe that was possible. And a lot of clients said, yeah, the sessions were feeling too short to me too. Or I was feeling like we weren't really getting through my birth trauma or whatever it is that we were working on. So that was really wonderful. And like, they also noticed that we were spending like too much time on like, what's going on this week? And, and then, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was their fault or my fault, you know, it was a co-created situation. But as the therapist, it really is my responsibility to look at is the treatment meeting their needs and is the, is the type of treatment meeting their needs, which is why I decided like we need to do something different and why intensives I thought were the answer. You know, it also meant that I really had to acknowledge to my clients that I was breaking out of a mold. I've always been an out-of-network therapist. Um, I've never taken insurance, but certainly I provide super bills to clients. Um, but, you know, intensive, since they were several hours in a day, if insurances do cover anything at all, at most they're going to cover one hour a day. So intensives were also breaking out of that mold. So that felt like a slightly different kind of contract too. And it also made me feel like if a client is ready to go there and make that financial investment, they are serious about the work and we're both going to show up differently, right? So I, I also kind of pitched it as an experiment to my clients. Like, hey, let's try this. If you don't like it, we can always go back. Let's see how it works. And the results were awesome. I think clients really appreciated the time and the space and the focus. Okay, so now talking about presenting it to new clients, right? Like a client who schedules a free consultation with you or leaves you a voicemail, someone you don't know. And, you know, new clients, some of the clients that I get new client uh, inquiries are aware of EMDR and some of them are not. EMDR is definitely how I advertise myself, like as an EMDR therapist. And so like it's all over my website, my social media, certainly my referral sources know that. So definitely a lot of my referrals come from sources like that. So they already were looking for EMDR, but not that's not true for everyone. Certainly people would find me on directories or just Google and, you know, maybe they wanted maternal mental health or they um, were interested in someone who's a trauma specialist and they would get to me. So of course, I always start that free consult call. I do a, a 30 minute free consult. Not everybody does that. I know some people are really trying to get away from that idea. I have not yet found a better way for myself. It would be I am exploring the possibility of moving away from that. But for now, I still use the 30-minute consult call. But I'm very, very intent on cutting it off at 30 minutes. So anyway, I always start the consult call with, how did you learn about my practice? And how might I be of service to you? If they know about EMDR already, and that's why they're there, great. Go right into my intensive spiel. If they don't know about EMDR, I find out a bit about their presenting issue and make like a two-minute case for why EMDR would be a good treatment approach. I'm sure you guys all have your EMDR elevator speech. If not, highly recommend coming up with like a two-minute explanation. And anyway, so I give them an explanation for what EMDR is and why I think it would fit um, what they're coming in with. That is if their presenting issue aligns with my niche. I am a big believer in niching down, and my two niches are maternal and perinatal mental health and uh, CPTSD and dissociation. Um, Anything else? Refer out right away. Don't do kids. Don't do teens. Don't do substance use. I mean, obviously there's co-occurring stuff, but if the client's presenting issues, main presenting issues don't fall into either of those two buckets, I refer out right away. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you niche beyond trauma. Trauma is not a niche. Just because it will make you a better therapist and it will make you, you know, 
specialize more and it'll make it easier for people to find you. But, you know, I digress. We can talk about that another time. There's a million podcast episodes about niching if you don't agree or want to know more. (laughs) But uh, I'm a firm believer in niching. Another issue is if I don't think someone's presenting concern would work well with the intensive model, but they're still interested in EMDR, I will usually refer them out. Um, There's another therapist in my practice who just does regular weekly EMDR. And so I refer to her a lot. And again, in another episode, I'll talk about like, how do you decide if someone's a good candidate for an intensive or not? I will talk about that at another time. So anyway, what's this intensives spiel that I give? At that point, I say, I don't offer hourly EMDR anymore. There is someone in my practice who offers that if that's what you'd like. I now exclusively offer EMDR intensives, which is a shorter term, more condensed version of EMDR therapy that accelerates the healing time. And I often say, I like to call it the Disney fast pass of therapy, which usually connects with people and they laugh a little, but it seems to make sense. So feel free to take that. (laughs) I don't think I even came up with it, but people seem to connect with that phrasing. So after an EMDR intensive, I tell them, which in my model is 14 hours of therapy total and mostly four hour chunks with one uh, intake over two to three weeks. I usually like to do it in two weeks. Again, we'll talk about specific scheduling and how to structure them in another episode. But after you've finished my version of an EMDR intensive, you will have made significantly more progress than you would make in up to twice the amount of weekly sessions. So 14 hours of therapy would be 14 week sessions, right? I'll say like, really, you make more progress in 14 hours than you would make in like double that. So 28 weeks of hourly sessions. I mean, I really believe that that's pretty accurate. And I say it's because we're extremely focused on the treatment plan. The treatment plan is created with the idea that we only have a limited number of hours, which helps us so much in terms of our progress. We just like want to get in there and do the thing, right? And we're not going to go on forever. And there's less than, in some ways, there's less of like a focus on like, let's build this long-term relationship, right? And I will talk about how to build trust and rapport in intensives in another episode. Definitely doable. And of course, the relationship still matters very, very much in this setting. But you can create safety and trust and attachment even in a shorter term model like this. But yeah, there's less investment in like, this is going to be a long relationship, right? Which I think is beneficial for the work, actually. And we're going to spend less time opening up and closing down sessions. We're not going to just ramble on. We're going to be very focused. And you get my full undivided attention for the day. No one else is booked on your days. I'll talk a little bit about the research that shows that intensives are very effective. Sometimes I'll say it's almost like you're going on like a mental health retreat. I feel like the retreat model is all over everywhere now. So people respond to that. Talk about like, you know, you're just going to deal with the presenting issue and like return to your life feeling much better in a couple of weeks. Certainly people can balk a little bit at the cost because it's a lot of money all at once. Um, And I kind of say, yes, there is a big upfront cost, but like there is overall savings if you kind of think about you're spending less time in therapy total. And there's not like, what is the benefit of getting this done quickly as opposed to stretching it out for months and months and months where there might be all these knock-on effects as you're still struggling with the after effects of your trauma, whatever that is. And I would just say, like, when you're giving the price, don't apologize. Just be frank and forthcoming and state what it is. Let them decide. You know, certainly be understanding if they're like, that just feels like it's out of my price range. I totally get that. You know, I'm here if you if you change your mind. Certainly don't offer a discount. Please don't do that. This is such a lot of work on your part. The energy investment you make in an intensive is huge. And you should not be knocking the price down just because you're 
feeling uncomfortable that someone says it costs too much, charge what will feel good to you. This is going to be, it's a lot of work, okay? It's a lot of work sitting with someone for 14 hours over a short time. You deserve to be compensated well for it. And honestly, if you're compensated well for it, you're going to show up differently. You're going to be very invested. So briefly now, just last couple minutes, I want to talk about a one particular issue that I've seen in my practice a few times that's worked really well with an intensive, and it's been a birth trauma. Now, birth trauma is such a broad term. Um, it can look like so many things. It can be like um, the mother was injured, the baby was injured, maybe the baby was very ill and was in the NICU, maybe just the mother felt really unheard and unseen, maybe their partner didn't show up for them in the way that they could. Maybe they felt like the doctors were not supportive of them. Maybe they just found it really, really painful and scary and they didn't get the support they needed. Any of those things can qualify as a birth trauma. And I have worked on things basically in all of those areas with clients in the intensive model. What's really great about it is it's a pretty discreet event. And I mean discreet, C-R-E-T-E, like contained, you know, event. So It works beautifully in the intensive model. Something I'll talk about in a later episode is the recent event protocol, which I actually use with almost all my EMDR clients, no matter what the, no matter how recent or not recent the event was, but it's a really nice way of organizing um, all the targets that are sort of contained in a larger event, all like the smaller targets. It's a great way to do treatment planning. And it works beautifully for an intensive because you kind of keep track of where you are, move ahead in sort of a systematic way. And so I use the recent event protocol. Um, there's another version of it called RTEP, the recent traumatic event protocol. And I'll post some links in the show notes to trainings on those, but I will talk about those later as well. They just really provide a nice way of kind of conceptualizing the treatment and all the targets that you need to that you need to make sure you address. And I will tell you that all the people that I've worked with around birth trauma have come in still having flashbacks, having nightmares, some of them in the sort of recent they're they're more recently postpartum are struggling to bomb with their baby. They have they had trouble breastfeeding as a result, or they're really struggling with being in a lot of pain. I have seen the intensive model move them through so much of that just in a couple of weeks. And like one person said to me, she said, My relationship with my baby is completely different after this time that we spent together. I can't thank you enough. So that right there is reason enough for me to move ahead with this model and to continue to use it. I just can't recommend it enough for its clinical outcomes, not just for all the benefits that it has, you know, in terms of scheduling and, and you know, it's financially lucrative, but also what helps us prevent burnout more than actually seeing good results from our clients, right? Like that is so huge. Again, some of my whys are some of the things that you can say to clients to kind of sell them on the model as well. I don't think it's a sell really. I think it's just being authentic about this is the right treatment for you, you know? Wouldn't you rather have a surgery and get everything out than just like cut a few cancer cells away week after week? That's a horrible analogy. I know nothing about oncology, but you get the idea. All right. So that's pretty much most of what I wanted to say today. Um, I just wanted to briefly summarize that what I talked about today was how do you present the idea of an EMDR intensive both to current clients and to new clients, you know, how to kind of talk about some of the primary questions or concerns that people might have and also a little bit about what are some of the outcomes I've seen. So there's so much more to say about all of these topics. 
um, which I'm going to get into more in the coming weeks. But uh, thanks for listening as I start just diving into this topic. And in next week's episode, we are going to talk about money, money mindset stuff. Yes, everyone's favorite topic. We're going to talk about how to work through some of your money mindset issues and how to think about pricing intensives, because you may have already worked through a lot of your money stuff about hourly sessions, but intensives are a different ballgame. You're asking for a lot of money. So we're going to talk about that next week and how I've worked through that and some suggestions around that. If you want to work with me one-on-one, which I've alluded to, um, I actually have a coaching practice package that will help you get your EMDR intensives practice up and running in one day, we work together intensively one-to-one and you get everything done, your website copy, your marketing, you're thinking about your referral network, clinical considerations, structural considerations, tools, paperwork, all the good stuff. So I'm excited to uh, hear from you if you're interested in that. And you can reach out to me by going to my website, www.futuretemplateparent.com and get all the details about how to work with me there. And I look forward to chatting with you next week. Take care.